0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 552. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Forest Grove Concours d'Elegance and talking with sponsors of this spectacular event that takes place on July 17th on the Pacific University campus east of Portland. You can learn more about this event at www.forestgrove.org.
1: You know, take your little car for a drive this weekend and uh, drive safe. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy
0: interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jacob Gryson. Jacob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. <laughs> All right. Great to have you here. Jacob Gryson is the head of the U.S. Motoring Department and vice president at Bonham's in San Francisco, California. Bonham's is a privately owned British auction house founded in 1793. It's one of the world's oldest and largest auctioneers. Known internationally for fine art, antiques, jewelry, automobilia, motorcycles, and of course motor cars. The auctions are held in conjunction with some of the most renowned global motoring events including the Quail, Goodwood Revival, and many others. Jacob holds memberships in numerous motoring clubs and is an avid enthusiast and collector of motor cars and motorcycles. Bonhams is a proud sponsor of the Forest Grove Concord Elegance that takes place in July at the Pacific University campus east of Portland, Oregon. So, Jacob, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles and
1: motorcycles? Sure, absolutely, and thank you for having me on, on your show here, oh, yeah, Mark. Will you a true pleasure? I've been hearing um, other of, of the of the interviews, and and uh, I have a few friends who's been on it, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, I grew up in in Denmark, and. Um, you know, my dad is into cars. I, I think a lot of us—it's sort of from our parents. My sister works for L'Oreal, the hair company, and my mom is a hairdresser. So <laughs> we both sort of followed our our parents' footsteps. But I—I I grew up, and my dad was first a, a car mechanic, then a car dealer, and then he finally opened his own car dealership when I was about ten years old. And you know, pretty much started working at his shop from. Um, and I was about yeah ten years old. Wow. And, uh, long story short, I am, you know I'm fortunate that I can really work with something that I I kind of always known that I wanted to work in the in the automotive industry. And I would say old cars, classic cars, or collector cars was was always that's what I used to do after hours. So I would go to school all day and then work on. I had an old MG that my father and I bought when I was thirteen, and and had a few old Vespas and stuff. So that that's what I would do after school, after hours, later on when I when I learned as a mechanic, and can now do it all day. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that that's sort of the, sh- the short story. I'm 35 years old, and and lived in America for nearly 15 years now, and. uh, yeah, love it over here, that is for sure.
0: You're one of those guys living his dream, and that's what Carja yeah is all about. People who've wrapped their passion for cars into their vocations. We're going to learn a lot more about you as we move through the questions here. But first, as we continue on this automotive journey, I always start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. Something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on CarJa. Yeah. I know you love to drive, so Jacob, take the wheel.
1: Okay. Well, I've been fortunate to to have some really good mentors, in, in you know, of course, back in Denmark, but also here in Iowa State. If there's a quote that I I kind of like to live my life I yes, the answer was the question. <laughs> um, I think I've always had a a, a bit of a, a go-getting attitude, and I am. Um, I also think that's why America is a good place for me because, you know, they're, they're, the glass is always half full over here.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about how you incorporate that yes is the answer, what's the question mantra into what you do every day because your job is finding, procuring, securing wonderful vehicles that Bonhams can sell. So how do you wrap that, that mantra into what you do?
1: You know, I think it's 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 the attitude you know, of our team and, and how we operate. Um, I always try to remember that everybody on the team remembers that, you know, we offer, as an auction house, we offer a, a service to our clients. And customer service is, is probably one of the most important elements um, when you sell a car auction. Also, of course, your your performance your performance is, is at the top, But but your customer service really comes into that and sort of the reach of the company and, and the global aspect and all that. But people can sell their cars themselves i do believe we can sell them better and for more money but you know they they are able to sell their cars themselves and that sort of yes is the answer what's the question attitude is so important to have that we we go in there and really handle everything for the client and deliver above expectations and give them something they wouldn't be able to do if they, they sold the car privately or you know went to one of our competitors
0: Absolutely. I've been to many of your auctions over the years and very high level, the automobiles, the people involved, the entire process from the catalog you get in the mail to the experience you have there. So uh Bonhams being Thank the you. type of, oh, you're welcome, the type of auction house you are, very specialized, very customer service oriented as well. Let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars. And you talked about that MG, which I believe was an MGA that you got with your father. I'll tell you, the first ride I ever got in a sports car, I was less than one year old, was in an MGA. Yeah. My history with those cars goes way back. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy?
1: I think you you sort of... You sort of hit, hit hit the nail on the head right there. When my father and I bought that car, we actually bought it in the U.S. as a project, like, like many Europeans at the time. It it needed everything, but it was a good, solid car. And when when we were able to buy that, so I, I had just been confirmated, so I had a little bit of money. You know, friends and family give you some money. So I, I had about a quarter of the price to buy the car, and he, he lent me the, the balance. And um, it was actually my mom here because, I, I would say I was a an, a nice boy, but I, you know, you're you're in that age, and you you kind of just gotta get on the right track. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was having a good time, but they thought I needed a, a healthy hobby, so they thought actually you should buy an old car, you know, and that would be a good thing mm-hmm. for you. And um, so we we bought this MJ. It's a sixty, well built in '59. It's a si- standard sixteen hundred roaster, but mm-hmm. you know, buying that car, I, I really. That just really, I think, captured my my enthusiasm and my interest in old cars. And yeah. I, I started reading like, every magazine workshop. I read the workshop manual on that car from front to back. Um, it took me six years to restore it.
0: Good for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, I did it. I had a guy painted, but I did everything else on my own. And I, I would lay in a little garage next to my my mom's hairdressing salon in the cold winter because my dad didn't have room in the shop, and it was it was that's where it should be. So yeah. Anyway, that really sparked my passion. And you know, meanwhile, I found out I definitely wanted to to be into the auto, automotive part of things. Sure. I learned that the mechanic on. um on new cars, you know. So I I did a four and a half year education, sort of <laughs> more of a mechanical engineer, probably. Mm-hmm. And you know, meanwhile, doing that, I was working on the MG at nights and weekends. You know,
0: there's nothing like giving a young man a a very big project to put his focus and his energy on. Your parents were really brilliant in that respect, <laughs> in the fact that not only did they keep you focused, but Also, at the end, you had something you could stand back and feel very proud about and could learn a lot. So uh, brilliant concept on your parents' part. Absolutely. (laughs) That's great. Well, I would love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty here, which is certainly something you're not afraid of doing, having worked as a mechanic. Would you share a huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you faced along the way in your career? I want you to take us to that (laughs) painful time in your life when you just went, yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah. more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you so that you could move forward?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I wanna say I, I actually lived in, in a car for, for a few months when I first moved to America. Oh, it wow. wasn't like I wouldn't call myself homeless. It was a choice I made because you know, I came over here um I came over here with two friends of mine. We um we were we were gonna be here for a few months, and, and simply just um, have a good time, but I, I I really, I had this dream of getting a job, restoring preferably old cars over here, preferably collector cars, mm-hmm. so we had been driving, we drove across country, and, and had a great old time, and a good old time, and anyway, I came to San Diego, and I, I started knocking on doors to get a job, and I, I got a not really what I had been looking for, but anyway, I was gonna I was gonna stick it out until my ticket home. Um, I had bought a, a round trip to U.S. and and um, was gonna stick it out. And I I lived in a in an old van. It was good times. It was very hassle free. <laughs> and uh, you know, you can't afford to live in a hotel for a few months, so, uh, right. so that's what what I did. Wow. My friends moved back to um, well, I went back to Denmark, and I sort of stuck it out. And I, you know, luckily one day I. I in my lunch break, this place called Only Yesterday Traffic Autos, and it's um, Chuck Spielman, who some, some of the listeners might know, uh-huh. a collector um, from New York who just moved his whole collection to San Diego. He had all his cars there, and his, his mechanic, um, he had one guy sort of, well, most of the cars were restored, but maintaining everything, Duck Pratt. And, uh Doug thought that I was heaven sent because, you know, Jacob is a religious name. And anyway, I walked in there and I took about a three hour lunch break, and Chuck Spielman hired me the next day. And that's that's definitely, that was the turning point where I would say I got really my foot in the door in working, you know, in the collector car hobby uh, in the U.S., I would say. Yeah, you know,
0: what an awesome story. I, I have had many guests on this show who immigrated here to the United States and followed their dream, came here with. Pretty much nothing in their pocket. Oh, um, pocket. John Campion, who's been a past guest, came here yeah, with twenty. 20- yeah, I came here with twenty six bucks in his pocket. And those who know him or if our listeners go back and listen to his show. He's now uh, runs a global company, has an incredible collection of vintage rally cars, very successful in his business, but started off with very meager means. So I love to hear stories like that that you can do it if you really want to work hard. That's right. Let's shift gears here, Jacob, and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on, those Marshalls, and kind of illuminate your way for a, a new idea or a new direction. And tell us the steps you took to turn your career aha moment into a success.
1: That aha moment was probably when I, I sort of switched my career path a little bit from from restoring cars to... To you know, buying and selling, or, or brokering, being sort of in, in the business of of the auction world, as a, as I am in now, it was funny enough. My mom's idea, just like with DMGA, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she thought, you know, because I was I was living in in San Diego, working for Chuck Spielman in the restoration business, and um, she thought I should run some ads in Europe with with it a european guy who could inspect and find and broker cars and send over to to europe this was in the early 2000s when you know the euro was quite strong on the dollar and a lot of guys were were buying cars over here so yeah that's probably my aha moment when i started to think okay i can actually you know i can i can broker cars or find cars i can you know new use my knowledge of of you know how to what what a car you know car history and that stuff and 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 actually make quite good money on in that instead of having to wrench all day, which which you can only do do so much, you know.
0: <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, once again, brilliant mother that you have there. Uh, she she uh, gave you that great idea and set you on a, a nice course that got you to where you are today. So very fortunate once again. Let's talk a little bit about a proudest career moment. You find and source cars for both sellers and buyers, so you make people happy on both sides of the transaction. Is there one particular moment in time in your career where you really came up against a a really proud moment, something that really stands out for you that you'd share with us?
1: Yeah, I would say Bonham's auction last year in my home country, Denmark, where we sold the Freilrichsen Collection, which was a single-owner sale. That was really a proud moment for me. I had known Mr. Ferguson for many years, and um, he entrusted us with with selling his his entire collection. It, it was forty eight cars at his estate, which is a really old manor from the sixteen hundreds. So we put on a one oh, day wow. auction there, sold cars to people from about fifteen different countries. Total about twenty four million dollars in in those forty eight cars, and that was a that was a proud moment for me. And the, the deal and, and sort of doing that option in my hometown and my parents came and saw it, of course. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> so. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah. Great trust uh, that he put in you, the family put in you to take care of his estate and yeah. and uh, pass those cars on to the next caretakers. Marvelous. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. I know we talked about that MGA, but I would love for you to share what your first really special car was, maybe that first acquisition you got that you really felt, man, I finally got this in my hands, and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the first car is the MG, and and, um, I've had many cars since, but I I still have the MG. I I took it on the Copper State Rally this year, took it on California Relay. Oh, wow. We still drive it quite a bit, me and you know, my colleagues. Nice. I would say my first 911 was was quite special. That was a 70 uh, 911T, and it was a special order of green, like a grass green metallic, very low mileage, mm. original car. And I yeah. bought it in 2005. Another sort of special car was, as I started working in the restoration business down in, in the early 2000s, I I really wanted a '65 Mustang. It was just the thing I had to have. It, it, you know, when you're European, uh-huh. American cars are, are you know a lot more exciting than I would say. It's like Americans like European cars. You know, you like what what you don't what you're not used to.
0: <laughs> yes, of course.
1: Yeah, and uh so I bought a '65. It was just a simple C code. It's a V eight with a, with an automatic in Sacramento in Los I drove it up there. We drove drove up and picked it up in about a twenty four hour trip, and um, I paid twenty six hundred bucks for it. And the oil pump <laughs> went out as I rolled it into the restoration shop. It needed everything. <laughs> Perfect timing. But it was uh, it was a fun moment. It was it was a fun 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 car.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Well, you and I share something. One of my first very special cars was a nine eleven. Yeah. And I also had a sixty five Mustang. I mm-hmm. had a. Uh, gt 350 shelby mustang that was a clone actually okay. but very very well done car very fun i drove it every day to work really enjoyed that vehicle that was one of the first american cars i ever owned white mm-hmm. with the blue stripes of course it was and white very nice well let's talk about the other end here the sad part of seller's remorse is there one vehicle you can think of that you've let go and i want you to eliminate the concept of price because of course we're in an escalating market right now. Car prices since you bought that 911 have gone through the roof. Especially yeah. on those cars. Is there a car that just kind of tugs on your heartstrings that you let go that you wish you had back in your
1: garage? You know, there's, I would, there's, there's not really. Um, there are many cars that that I have, you know, that I've been fortunate enough to to handle the sale off that that I I wish I could buy, but I have. I taught oh, yeah. myself early on not to fall in love because some of them are, or most of it is <laughs> it's out of my price range. But, um, you know, a few cars come to mind, that's for sure. We had about two years ago at, at Bottom Scottsdale auction, we sold an early Touring um Ferrari. It was a 212 export, so even chest number, so the, sort of the racing model of the 212s with three covered. I
0: remember that car. Yeah. yeah,
1: we called it the Taylor's car because it was in so. Taylor, who would make into the suits, who bought it new, and um, yep. that was just a great car. I really, really liked. I like sports racing cars, sports cars. Yeah, that's yeah. sort of the sweet spot for me. And uh, that yeah. car, you know, it, it's the the Touring Bellametta and and the this is the as I said the export. So it's not. Some of them look a little flumpy and look a little bit like a taxi cab, but this had just a, <laughs> a very light design with taxi windows and great car. I really like that car. My yeah. good friend of mine has a Maserati 200 SI. That is a great car. We've driven that at the Colorado Grand and other rallies. That's something I would love to own. And uh, an HC Alpha would probably be at the, the top of my list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> of course, like of course. That. You know, yeah, very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about today and tomorrow. I would love for you to share what's coming up here with Bonhams. I know coming up uh, this summer is the quail, of course. I've attended yep. it many, many times. I think this will be my 27th year going to car week up there. But uh, tell me a little bit about what Bonhams doing today and what has you really excited and fired up.
1: Yeah, well, I am very excited about our quail, quail loss auction. That is, Friday after Quail Concours goes on, We we're we're selling... I would say it's our biggest sale of the year in the U.S. This year, we have about 115 cars. Wow. Broad range of cars. I think Bond's always good at, you know, not just selling Porsches or Ferraris. We certainly sell them as well, um, but really a good mix of cars because I I see a lot of collectors really having a broad, you know, a broad collecting view and, and, and can appreciate an early brass era car, you know, a spare can. You know, even a modern car, you know, a McLaren F1 or something like that. So I can't unveil everything we have yet, because we do press releases and a lot of things when we unleash it all, but there's some really, really great cars coming up for sale this year, and uh, I think with the market that awesome. has really, um, you know, we've seen a tremendous gain in prices of collector cars in the past, you know, five, six, seven years. Um, we had a bit of a a dip in 2008, but that was quickly quickly overcome. But I would say with the high prices of the, the, the strong market, we, we certainly have seen the great come to market. So, um, yes. you know, some interesting cars, that is for sure.
0: Well, well, I look forward to seeing what you have to offer there. I can't wait to uh, see the event and, and have you. some fun there. Uh, uh, as I've told our listeners, I've been to many of your auctions. They're really wonderful experiences. And even if you can't go in there as a buyer and raise that paddle, there's so much fun to be at and watch what happens and uh, learn a little bit more about these vehicles and the history and the uh, the research you guys do on the cars is absolutely spectacular as well. So bravo to you Thank and you. your
1: team. An You're welcome. Extent, you know, that the research is it's really another part of our know, customer service that, that is so important. It's the research yes. that we, we know what we sell. You know, collector cars, any old cars, is is really about history in my opinion, um mm-hmm. and knowing the history is 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 extremely important for for people's investment in the car um and also how we can represent them you know so um yeah that's an important factor
0: the heritage that bonhams has of not only selling cars but of selling jewelry and artwork and furniture and all the historic things that is so important that you know what you're buying so uh, the the entire uh, company does a great job there now here's a very introspective question for you jacob if you were a car what kind of car would Jacob be, and why? And I'm going to preface this with: it's not what you wish you were; it's how you perceive yourself manifested into an automobile.
1: Yeah, Oof, that's a really good question. <laughs> I want to say I would be. Yeah, that is a very tough question. I, I you know, there, there's a car I would like to be and It was probably it would probably be a 300s Maserati, good looking, agile, you know. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) uh, I think I would. That would be. uh, That's what I would like to be. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a. Maybe I'm a nine eleven or something. You know, Uh of of, uh, something that doesn't fall apart, that works and and drives fast, somewhat fast. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they call me a in the office sometimes because I can tend to be a little. uh, I like things to happen on time, and and. you know, I don't like stuff sort of lingering. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I couldn't be a bidder. That's a that's a what was the guy's name, Mister Bitter, who made these cars in oh. Switzerland, <laughs> Eric Bitter. Yes, <laughs> yes, I think yeah. They, they <laughs> fell apart. So I want to pick a German car.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's a great choice. Uh, I had my son Blake interview me on my 300th show here at Cars. Wow. Yeah, and that that was my answer to that question as well as a (laughs) 911 so uh, you're in good company here thank you for that so jacob up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors if you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over congratulations you're ahead of most people but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars talk to chris kimball certified financial planner practitioner Are you looking for something fun to do this weekend? Check out the Forest Grove Concord Elegance taking place on July 17th at Pacific University Campus east of Portland, Oregon. Check them out at www.forestgroveconcord.org. Okay, Jacob, we're back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers so you're ready yes what's the best automotive advice you've ever received
1: to enjoy the car you own
0: yes very important don't buy it for someone else buy it for yourself yeah very important especially at an auction i was at an auction with somebody i knew went to uh bought a car because the guy sitting next to him said it was a really good deal got it home and never drove it never enjoyed it Ended up selling it. So, yes, buy it for yourself, not to impress somebody else. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years?
1: Get up early and and work hard. Do your best. (laughs) Yes,
0: very important. Now, how about a resource? I know there are a lot of great resources out there. But is there one in particular that you find really useful that you'd like to share? I think, um,
1: you know, but what we do as an auction house, it's important to know the the true specialists of each car. And um, without mentioning names, I mean, there's a, there's a group of people around the world that, you know, if you guys know Bugattis really, really well and can send you their history report, same with Ferraris and everything else. Mm-hmm. So knowing those specialists is probably the most important thing. After that, I would yeah. say... We we have a great library. A, a library is very important with, with the right books where you can look these cars up. But the Internet is probably – a lot of that stuff is coming online as well. But um, yeah, I yeah. would say knowing first the real specialist and then the Internet.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of books, I know there's a lot of great books out there. But is there one book in particular that perhaps you've read recently? Could be automotive. Could be business-related. Could be anything. But a book that you think – the cars, listeners would enjoy reading.
1: Yeah, certainly. So there's actually two books that come to mind, and it's a dear friend of mine, uh, Peter Larson from Denmark. He first did the Talbolago Lago Grand Sport book, and then he did a book on Salchik, uh, the, the French coach coach builders. They're just incredible, incredible books. It's about 1,200 pages. And uh, really, really amazing, amazing work he's done. He's a Pebble Beach judge, and uh, I I must say, I've never really seen anything like it.
0: (laughs) Fantastic, fantastic. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on Jacob's very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Jacob, J-A-K-O-B, and his last name, Greisen, G R E I. S-E-N in the search bar. Hit this page will pop up with all the links, including these two awesome books. I'm familiar with these books. There's a great place on the Cars you have a website called Guest Recommended Books where these books and all the past 551 past guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, Jacob, we are up to the last question here. This is the checkered flag and this can be a real doozy. If you could have only one, I'm sorry, just one collector car, in your garage, but money's no object. I'm going to raise my paddle high today, and I'm going to bid on any car you'd like. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly,
1: why? It would be a 300 you know, a, a mid-late 50s sport racing Maserati. And why? Because it's got all the elements that a collector car should have. It's got, you know, history, aesthetics, and engineering. That's the three elements that makes a car exciting, collectible, valuable as well. The aesthetics of the 300s, the front spider. I mean, that that's to me one of the best looking cars ever built. And ah. um, the engineering, four wheel independent suspension, great dual overhead cam six wheel engine built entirely in aluminum. You know, and the sound, just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the history. I mean, these cars won some of the best sports sports races the 50s, and uh, Maserati, you know, and, and those cars are just incredible.
0: Yeah, wow, you picked a very special car. That's going to cost me a bloody fortune, but uh, that's okay because I would love to see one of those sitting in your garage. What a nice choice. Awesome. Well, Jacob, you've taken me on an awesome ride today, a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you, learning more about Bonhams, upcoming Quail Auction, of course, happening during Car Week in Monterey. And, of course, the Forest Grove Concours coming up this Sunday, the 17th, at the Pacific University campus just east of Portland, Oregon. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars yeah listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 300S Maserati?
1: You know, take your little car for a drive this weekend and uh, drive safe.
0: <laughs> there. Very well said. Short and sweet. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Bonhams, upcoming auctions?
1: No, the best is really to go on our website. That's where we have all the information. Bonhams.com forward slash quail. Or call, we're here to help and um, hope to see all of you guys there.
0: Absolutely. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Jacob has shared at CarsYad.com. Just type Jacob, J-A-K-O-B, into that search bar. His page will pop up with links. I would encourage you to check out what's happening. If you're going to be a car week, go over to the auction. Check out the cars that are being sold there. Fantastic event. And also... If you want to learn more about Forest Grove Concord, where Bonham's is a nice, nice, and a very generous sponsor, and that's where we'll be this coming weekend, you can learn more about the Forest Grove Concord Elegance at www.forestgrove.org. Jacob, thanks again for taking time out on a Saturday morning here and sharing your time and your expertise with me and the Cars Yale listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Good morning. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you having me on your
0: show here. Thank <laughs>